everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a, an American double board certified psychiatrist. Today, we are going to be talking about social media use as well as cannabis use, and this is actually one of our more popular topics. Um, we covered this these two topics about over a year ago at this point, and it's one of our most popular episodes. And so we wanted to circle back, answer some questions, kind of look at the stats and the literature about, you know, what has changed in a year and how is social media still impacting us? How has it changed? And how is cannabis use impacting um, people that do use it? And what's kind of changed with cannabis and all that good stuff. So I want to ask my dad, we'll go ahead and start off with social media use. I know I just read in the paper that Instagram was coming out with like a kids kids version of its platform and they just put a pause on that. Can you tell us what you know about why that happened? Well, they're concerned about the mental health of children. And there's a lot of experts in the field that have suggested to Facebook that it's would it's not a good idea that the kids would suffer adverse effects, um, their self-image may suffer, and that overall it would just be uh, detrimental to their development. Yeah, it's kind of a a double-edged sword. I feel like social media is great to connect with other people and have that platform where you can discuss and talk to people and share your pictures and your memories. And on paper, it sounds great, but then in practice, it's kind of a battleground for these unrealistic expectations of it's like the highlight reel you're only seeing when people are out and about at a nice restaurant or on vacation or the highlights and you never really you don't see the downside of everyone's everyday life um, because that is real everyone has their off days and so what in terms of why they decided to stop the development of the kids version, do you is there discussions on bringing it back up, or has Instagram kind of just put a halt on it altogether? Well, I know that for the time being, they're not going to move forward with that. And as you know, it has an impact on the mental health of all its users for the most part. Uh, when you look at the figures of people that are on social media, the, the numbers are staggering. Three and a half billion people are on social media. I think two and a half billion are on Facebook. Uh, almost 70% of adults uh, have a, a social media account. Uh, 80, over A little over 80% of teenagers do. So a lot of data has been gathered because there's so, there's so many people on social media. And there's experts in the fields of psychology that have that are telling us that it can have negative effects on the emotional development of uh, those that use it, particularly teenagers. So, is there a like age requirement in order to make an Instagram account? Because I mean, I I know I made my Instagram account when I was an eighth grader, so probably like thirteen, and I've had it since then. So I'm wondering if there is like a minimum age that you have to be in order to make an account. I'm not really sure what the minimum age is, but 
experts do recommend that if you're letting your children or young teenagers use it, to try to put certain limits on their on the time that they that they use it, and you also have to be at liberty to check what they're doing, uh, and so they have to think twice about what they post because uh, it will it can be scrutinized and will be scrutinized by the parents. Are there any what what do you know about bullying online? Has that increased because of the pandemic with amongst kids and? Are parents cracking down on that, and how can they? Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up because a lot of children or teenagers, of course, in school uh, are victims of bullying. And when they go online, the bullies are still online. And oftentimes, uh, kids suffer those adverse effects of the negative comments, the 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 dislikes um, that can occur in cyberspace uh, from people that they know and others that they don't know. And a lot of teenagers are looking for validation for their self-worth, their confidence from, from others. And when they put themselves out there, they're sort of putting themselves at the mercy of others. And of course, Many kids come out disappointed. They come, their feelings are hurt, and it's 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 challenging for them to to move forward when they feel that they're so that they're being criticized and they're not being approved by others. I feel like when I was growing up, especially when you were growing up, social that wasn't a thing at all. You're absolutely right. This is a relatively new phenomenon that I don't think most adults can relate to from their formative years or teenage years and their young adulthoods. But again, it's being embraced by adults now. Uh, it's so it's 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 a big thing for all ages at this point. And as you point out, it can be beneficial in in regards to reaching out during times when we we've been isolating. Uh, we, there's still that no that positive side to it where people can network, reach out, and stay connected with one another. Uh, but for kids, it, it takes uh, somewhat of a different meaning when uh, they start be getting criticized and they start feeling threatened and the, their self-esteem suffers and they feel they start feeling depressed, they feel anxious. And there's a, it seems as though the more time they spend on social media, the more the adverse effects are in regards to their the way they feel about themselves. So... Experts will point out that it can have an addicting quality to it, and the more time you spend on it, the worse um, uh, the worse you are in regards to your development as a person and and the way you get along with others. Uh, one thing that I kind of took into my own practice, and I know I've seen people talk about it online, is just like curating your social media space to like you only follow accounts that make you happy you don't follow people or things that you feel like you need to because oh everyone else is following so and so online or i knew this person in school and i need to keep up with the friendship quote unquote like i think it's important to curate your social media feeds so that it's all things that when you look at when you're looking at it it makes you feel good and doesn't make you question yourself or doesn't make you 
feel bad about yourself or think bad about yourself. I think that's super important because we have to remember that we do control our social media usage and who and what we follow and what we look at every day. So it's important to curate a space that makes you happy. Unfortunately, more most kids, I think, their self-confidence depends on how they're how they believe they're perceived by others. And so when in efforts to build up their self-confidence, when they put themselves out to the mercy of others, that's when they suffer, when they get criticized, when the comments that they make don't turn out to have the positive reinforcement or feedback that they were hoping for. Let's switch the discussion now over to cannabis use. We've talked about it a little bit in our substance use episode, but I wanted to just take a few minutes to really get into the the details about cannabis use and is it safe? Is it not safe? Should you be growing your own if you do want to smoke? I know it's federally illegal, but it's legal in our state, California. Um, what do you, I guess, what do you, what's your experience with marijuana in your patients? Well, cannabis and amphetamines are usually the ticket, if you will, to get to get into our unit. Uh, that combination seems to disinhibit, to make patients so psychotic that it, they do outrageous things out in the community that law enforcement usually brings them in. Cannabis by itself can cause psych- patients to become psychotic and also depressed, very anxious, paranoid. So, but usually we see, again, in combination with amphetamines that, that it, it gets them to that threshold where they're so out of control that that forces them to come into the hospital. Um, but, you know, cannabis, as you know, is um, very popular. Uh, second, I believe, only to alcohol, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as a drug of, uh, of misuse or abuse. Uh, and, uh, again, um it's used recreationally, uh, you know, throughout our state and throughout the world, actually. So, um, but there, it does have detrimental effects on people's uh, mental health as well. So, it, it's not as benevolent as most people think it is when it's used in excess, or and when there's a certain sensitivity to it as well. I think, especially right now, um, with it becoming legalized at least statewide uh you have there has to be some caution in smoking recreationally because of you don't really know what is in your weed how they're growing it where they're growing it what kind of chemicals they're putting on it you know pesticides things like that is it organic is it not organic like these are all things i think you recreational users may just show up to a dispensary and pick up a $20 eighth and think they got a really good deal, but little do they know that their uh, flower was grown with some terrible pesticide or laced with something. And what do you know? Have you read anything about laced weed and how that is affecting communities? Well, that's a little controversial. As you know, there's been some reports that uh, cannabis is being mixed with fentanyl and Fentanyl, as you know, is a very potent opioid, um, and it, there's 
been some reported fatalities. However, there's some uh, others that that feel that that's not, that it's more of a myth that that's not really proven. Uh, in Forbes magazine, they were saying, "Why would somebody put an expensive opioid with uh, inexpensive uh, cannabis? That that wouldn't make any sense." However, we all know that for the most part, uh, cannabis is illicit in the sense that it's grown um, by. Uh, it's it's not always controlled, so you you ne- you never exactly know exactly what you're getting. So that's the the caveat with that is that you don't really know what you're purchasing, and you know the industry itself it, it isn't of the highest scruples or the highest moral standard. So you you have to be just cautious because again you don't exactly know what you're getting. I think it's really interesting because. Um, I don't think we've spoken about this on the podcast, but I know individually we have, you know, with like Seth Rogen coming out with his own line of weed. And I'm wondering if that's going to become kind of the norm of celebrities coming out with their own strains, um, their own growing companies. And I know there's like a cannabis dispensary in downtown LA called MedMen. That's like the Apple store for cannabis and like you go in and there's like ipads on the tables and it's in like glass display cases laid out really nicely and things like that i'm wondering like how safe are those places compared to the street the shop around the corner type deal and how are they going to be able to differentiate themselves in this in the near future of our product is safe our product is grown correctly and things like that of of that nature well that's an interesting uh, point that you raise as we know celebrities can use their platform for a lot of purposes some as you know uh, have used it to enter the tequila industry uh, because it's very profitable but what's to stop celebrities like Seth Rogen and others to entering the cannabis industry and to promote their own brand uh, so Yes, that could that could easily happen. Uh, I mean, you know, our society is driven by profit, by capitalism, and um, so yes, I could see celebrities using their name to promote uh, cannabis, and um, I, I still feel that cannabis can produce a lot of adverse mental health effects. I'm not one to promote it for any medicinal use. I don't think it really has any, with very few exceptions. Uh, so as a as a psychiatrist, I can't really say that I'm for it because I'm not, because I've seen too many patients, and I know that might have a sort of a skewed patient population, but I see the detrimental effects that it has on people, and that's why I can never be an advocate for it. Especially nowadays, like, flower and cannabis products are so concentrated that you I think you've said it before like the older generation it's not the same flower that they were smoking back in the 70s and the 80s it's very much high potency high concentration and it's a delicate balance if you do decide to recreationally use cannabis about how much is too much because there is such thing as too much when it comes to marijuana. You know, it's not the hippie lettuce from back in the day, as I pointed out. Uh, 
the potency is so much higher now that before we used to wonder, well, do, can it cause psychotic symptoms? Now, without a, any sort of a doubt, you know, cannabis in high enough concentrations that, that is being used today it can definitely cause people to be delusional, to hallucinate, to hear voices. So it can definitely cause psychotic symptoms. And colleagues from the forensic field, forensic psychiatry, have, have data that suggests that if someone becomes psychotic uh, with the use of uh, uh, cannabis, that they have a, a very high chance of, be, of developing bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. So uh, it's it's not the benevolent uh, plant that people uh, make it out to be. It has some, it can have some very dire, serious consequences for for. Um, at least in the mental health uh, perspective. And this is just us talking about, you know, adult usage. Minor kid usage is definitely not recommended whatsoever. And it's, um, to me, I think it's shocking that, you know, I've heard, I've come across people that have been smoking since they were freshmen in high school and they're in their 20s now and they're still smoking. I want to know, like, what are the long-term effects of doing so on the brain? The numbers are very high. One out of four seniors, uh, or 25% of high school kids, by the time they're seniors, have used cannabis. And again, we're talking about formative years where uh, the brain is not fully developed yet. And so the experts tell us that it's not a positive influence. This is going to have adverse effects to the neurodevelopment of a, of a teenager, of a young adult. So it's not a good thing for kids to start uh, smoking cannabis, just like it's not a good idea for them to uh, be smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol uh, because their their brains are still forming, developing, and, and this will arrest their development. It, it won't let them f- become the, the adults f- and achieve the, the full potential that they can. So what are the recent trends over the last year since our last episode? What are the recent trends in usage with cannabis? Well, recently, the National Institute of uh, Drug Abuse has reported in their their website in regards to a report that just came out from Monitoring the Future, which is a, a study that they fund through the University of Michigan. And not too surprisingly, I don't think the cannabis usage has increased significantly among college-age uh, young adults uh, significantly, um, almost at, at a tone of about 8%. So it's a significant rise. Um, so they also reported that drinking, especially binge drinking, has decreased recently as has the use of cigarette smoking and the use of uh, hallucinogens. So there's some positive news that's coming out in that regards. But cannabis in and of itself, has uh, the use has risen uh, in, a, in a pretty significant amount in college kids and also in kids that are not in college of the same age. Not as much as, as the kids that are in college. It seems as though kids that are in college have are more prone to to use more to to have in larger numbers be using cannabis. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of 2020 Psych. 
thank you guys so much for watching. If you have more questions on this topic and we want us to cover something a little more in depth, please let us know on our Instagram at 2020psychpodcast. Until then, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great week wherever you are. Music